Hello and welcome to A Bit Above Podcast. I'm Audra. And I'm Hadassah. And we are two average women living oceans apart. Our show displays a reachable lifestyle where we work to be better versions of ourselves in our day-to-day life. We know that the constant strive for perfection can lead to anxieties and disappointment, so we make changes that enhance our lives without giving up the things we love. Join us each week as we chat about motherhood, positivity, feel-good stories, relationships, and everything in between. All right, so we made it to the second part, part two of our conversation and interview with Josh, all about codependency and within a relationship. If you have not heard part one, I do recommend like super, super much to go and listen to part one first, because if not, this is all going to be kind of confusing. So thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the interview. That makes so much sense because I remember like when I first got mindful to the fact that maybe I was being a little bit too codependent in the relationship was because I moved to Israel, met him like really quickly and moved in quickly. I was in this country with no English. Like I didn't have friends. I didn't have family. He became like my mother, my father, my aunt, my uncle, my dog, like he became everyone. And so when he wouldn't fill my cup, because remember, he also has a job and because like everybody has a life and everybody's filling their cups, you know? So when he wouldn't fill my cup is when I started feeling like, how, like, how dare you not, you know, see my needs or whatever. And then one time we, he came with me to my therapist and he t- said that I would, he felt that I was 80%, like that he, he was giving like 80% or how do you say that? Like I relied on him 80% of the time. And I was like, well, what? Like, I thought I was just following my feelings. My feelings were just like, this is how I feel. And this was my first like real relationship, like like legit relationship. So I was kind of like learning as I go. And I didn't, I had no idea that I was like 80% of the time relying on him. So I started doing my own things. I started locking my own bikes instead of asking him to do it, you know, just little things I started doing for myself. But then as I started feeling more um, independent, I felt like now we're like three years later, like I felt like maybe I got too independent. (laughs) How come you would feel like you got too independent though? Um, I think like, filling my cup up so much that I'd stop seeking for him to fill it, I guess, if that makes sense. Because like, I got myself into a good job. Like I, I learned a lot through my therapist, like how not to, mm-hmm. I don't know, like how not to be so like invested in like everything, like just take care of myself, make myself happy, do things that make me happy, mm-hmm. have friends, do this. Like I, I made a little life out of myself and now I feel like I have to intentionally do things in a relationship to like be dependent a little bit. Cause I feel like as I got more independent, like he started feeling like I was pulling away and then got more dependent. And I'm like, like, how do I not be too independent? Like, well, and you using the word too independent, like what, like there's almost this implication that all these things that you were doing to reclaim your autonomy uh, was a bad thing. And, it, and it's not, it's not right or wrong. It's not, it's a thing that you did that was good for you, it always puts relationships on the line. That's why it's so scary for people to do it. It's a lot easier just to stay in the bad, in the unhappy, unhealthy patterns, uh, because intuitively they know if I make this shift, it will change our relationship. And then there's the question of will, will our relationship survive it? The way I always say it is like, it's a dance you guys do. If you're doing the codependent dance and you don't like that dance, uh, it takes two people to dance the dance. It takes one person to stop the dance. If you stopped that dance and you're like, but I, I just want to do it. I'm not telling you I don't want to dance with you. I'm just saying I want to do a new dance. And then 
your partner to do that with you, then the relationship likely will dissolve, you know? And so that uncertainty that comes with it is really terrifying for people to change that dynamic, you know? So everything you said that you did sounds really good. And you're right. Like there's, I call it a, there's a certain type of pendulum. It has a bad word in it that I say, but it's the, we can make sure uh, it's beeped out. Yeah, we have a beepy button. Yeah, all right. But I call it the give a fuck pendulum, you know, and a lot of times when people are breaking free of the codependent relationship, they're realizing they're caring way too much about the happiness and well-being of this other person that their own is being neglected. So the pendulum swings from giving way too much of a crap to not, not, none at all. And it feels really good when that pendulum swings the other direction. It feels really good. And what you're describing Hadassah is that maybe your pendulum swung and it feels really good, but you got to find it. Eventually you got to find a balance. If you want to be in any type of healthy relationship, you got to find a balance, but that means that you're living in more of the gray area because as long as the pendulum is stuck on either side, your uh, life is more person that cares all the time, then that's just what I'm supposed to do is there's no question. It doesn't matter what my happiness, what I require for my happiness. If it goes against me caring for other people over myself, then I'm just not going to do it. But if your pendulum is just kind of hovering in the middle and then now I'm just going to decide, you know, what I'm going to care about and what I'm not, you know, and sometimes I'm going to give a crap and wish I hadn't have. And sometimes I'm not going to give a crap and wish I had it. It's nice to have a choice and not feel like you have to automatically. My therapist always, like in the beginning of our relationship, was like, you, you just can't cry. <laughs> you know, you just stop crying. I mean, you could cry in general. I'm saying like in a reaction, like just don't don't cry and just get upset. Just like choose, like, is this worth my time? And I love that. But um, what are some like signs or red flags that may, might indicate that maybe it's an unhealthy amount of codependency? A good question, I think, for people to ask themselves and you're right like i i still can't get behind the idea of like just one person is codependent like on that side note though i do get that if i am someone seeking a codependent relationship yeah so i might be codependent but it only works if i am exchanging that with somebody else that is willing to engage in that dynamic so it's really hard for me to see like an individual as that person's codependent so when we're talking about codependent relationships, I think a good question to, for people to ask themselves is, why must this relationship work? Why does this have to work? And let's get all the textbook answers out, okay? Like, because, you know, God hates divorce or, you know, the Bible says it's wrong or, you know, whatever, you know, get, get the textbook answers out. But just for you yourself, why does this relationship have to work? And start exploring that piece inside of you that is compelling you to engage in this way with this person, uh, even to your own detriment, basically, because there's something to that usually. And it's usually, you know, it could be trauma. It could just be how you grew up or what it, you know, it says something about you in your mind that if this doesn't work out, then it means something about me. It means I failed. It means I'm not good enough. You know, my dad was right about me or something like that. How often do people ask like about codependency within like therapy? Like it ha- does it come up kind of often or is it not like? In my experience, it rarely comes up as, you know, like, I think a lot of people just know that that's what's happening, you know, um, and every now and then 
based upon, you know, where the dialogue is going, I will mention codependent relationships. I never say in therapy that you're codependent because of the, for the reasons I mentioned to you. Plus, it kind of has developed a strong stigma to it, you know, because the reality is, is that codependent relationships are a lot of fun in the beginning. So the, the term itself has really developed a bad stigma or, you know, meaning attached to it that, oh, I'm a codependent person, you know, and there's, it's almost like saying I, I have a disease of some sort, you know, that, uh, which even, even that is like, I shouldn't even have said it that way because there's nothing wrong with having a disease. You know, it's just something that happens to us sometimes. But the reality is, is there are a lot of fun in the beginning. I was in one for my wife and I were in a codependent relationship for about 10 years and we had a blast in it. You know, everything was all about us. And I was her best friend. She was my best friend. And, you know, we did everything together. And, you know, we didn't make a single decision without thinking, not just thinking about the other person, but involving the other person in some way, shape or form. And, you know, but then, you know, as as your relationship grows and develops, you have other things happening in your life, like friendships start to other friendships start to grow and develop and become important, or you experience certain losses, which kind of change the meaning of life a little bit, or you have children, and, and you can't make it about everything about this one person anymore. And so we went through our process of breaking free of that codependent relationship. It was miserable. Like I, I never want to go through that again. Like it was one of the hardest things that we went through because it forced us both to tackle all these questions, like the one I just asked, you know, why must this happen? What does it say about me? Well, what is happening here? Like if I'm watching her go tend to these other areas that are important to her, like her friendships, you know, what is that? Is she leaving me? Does she not care about me? Is that abandonment? I mean, what's happening here when for like 10 years, all our attention and thoughts and everything went toward each other? It's challenging because your brain doesn't have uh, an emotion to assign to that behavior other than what you might be familiar with. So like if I see her walking away to go tend to a friendship or something, if I am dealing with abandonment issues, that I might feel that feeling of abandonment when that is not what's happening, you know? And so it, it was tough. I will admit for both of us, it was it was really tough. How long can someone take to become a little bit more independent from your partner? That question in and of itself is why it's so scary to take the steps to break free because there's no answer to it. If there were an answer to it, it would make it a lot less scary, right? It's kind of supposed to be scary because if it's not, how are you really going to know you can do it? When I'm working with individuals, for example, and they're needing to make some changes and, they have, and they're complaining about their partner or whatever, um, I'll tell them, it's like, I don't, let's say I'm working with a guy just for sake of conversation here. I'll tell them, like, I, I don't want her to make it easy on you before you make the change. Like, I would rather you start making the changes that you need to make before she makes it easy. That way, you know, you did it, you know, because otherwise, you know, she's not even going to have the confidence that you're making the changes that you need to make because it required her to make some changes herself so that it wasn't so hard on you. So in a way, it kind of needs to happen that way. It needs to be terrifying. It needs, you need to not know if this relationship is going to work, but I'm going to do this anyways. I'm going to take these steps anyways. It really speaks to valuing yourself and loving yourself, which is really what people lose in codependent relationships because it is the loss of self. So 
You can't love yourself if there's not a self to love. As I started feeling like I loved myself more, I didn't also need other people to to give me that. Like, I mean, obviously everybody needs, obviously need love from other people, but I'm saying like, I filled my cup. I didn't even know that I can love myself the way I do now because I was so like, I thought that my relationship was like everything on the planet. You know what I mean? And it was so much fun. We needed each other so much that it was amazing, right? Like imagine having like a partner that you can always need, but I love myself more now. There's two sides of a coin, you know, it's such a wonderful experience, that freedom and relief that you get when you start doing that and how great that feels. At the same time, there's an equal amount of fear and terror in, you know, what might happen to this relationship in the process. But I will tell anybody listening to this that there's not a single relationship out there that is worth the price of your own happiness and well-being. Realistically, it's it's not feasible to put all your eggs in that one basket. It's like if you put all your money in one stock. Now, obviously, if the stock's not doing well, people would understand how that would be very concerning, right? But even if the stock does really well, you're still going to operate from a point of anxiety that you wouldn't if you had distributed your money differently. Because even when the stock's doing well, now your fear is just going to shift from, man, I hope this goes up. Will this ever go up? Will this ever get better? To, oh, I hope it doesn't go away. I hope, you know, is this going to crash? You know, and always waiting for that other shoe to drop, so to speak. What you do is you you shift your expectations and realizing that I'm not lowering them. I'm just realizing that this person can't meet every, well, what people say needs, what I just say are the things that I want, you know, my formula for happiness. This person can't be responsible for all things that make me happy. And so I've got to responsibly shift those expectations onto myself. And the reality is, is that what we get from our friendships, we don't get from our partners. What we get from our jobs, we don't get from our partners. What we get from our spiritual life, we don't get from our partners. And if we're neglecting all of that, because we think our partners are going to magically be all things to us, then uh, we're in for a rude awakening, which is often what happens. That's definitely what happened to me. There's a, an expression that I say, uh, there's two of them that I want to go over with you guys. The first one, and this came, I came up with this from a, in a session with a client because he thought I was saying he should just not care at all. So he's basically thinking he should just be like, you know, uh, what it means to not be codependent is to just say the heck with you. I love me the heck with you. And I was like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Like we are not removing vulnerability from the equation. Vulnerability is the lifeblood of a healthy relationship. And so I came up with this quote, it goes, when you truly want your partner, you position yourself for a broken heart. But when you desperately need your partner, you position yourself for a broken life. And that's simply too much power to give any one individual. I came up with that because I don't want people to think being codependent uh, means that I think like the heck with you and I'm not vulnerable to my partner anymore. If you have a breakup, if Audra, if your husband, heaven forbid, broke up with you, it would break your heart. <laughs> She keeps doing gestures, uh, Hadassah. Can you She's tell showing her you her empty people ring. People can't see us. She's showing you her no empty ring. finger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> when we're in committed relationships and those don't work out, it will break our hearts. We will grieve. I mean, this isn't trying to figure out a, a, a grief-free way to end relationships, but it won't break my life. Saying like, you can break my heart, but you can't break me. You just can't do it. You just, know, you just don't have that power. I love this. I want to make a sign and hang it on my wall. Actually, that's another thing I've started doing to love myself more. I've been making like arts and crafts and hanging it on my wall. Yeah. Can we not say arts and crafts? That's what you do with like your daughter. You're doing either just crafts or you have artwork that you have put up. (laughs) Crafts is a whole new level. Yes. I'm thinking like she's whipped out crayons and coloring books. (laughs) There's another one I wanted to mention to people. This one's much more complicated to understand. And to be honest with you, I don't know if people will be able to understand it until they go through the process. And I tell this to my clients pretty close to the beginning of therapy to the couples I work with. And I say that if you're not willing to lose each other, you are not ready to have each other. And they give me deer in the head like, look. (laughs) That's my face. I literally looked at you and I'm like, huh? She's got hot, and I'm like, "Yep, that's right." Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Audra, let's let's hear your take on it because uh, it seemed to resonate with you. Because so, as worded, like quote unquote, kind of like picked this person. You're you're vibing together. You've got all the feels, and you want them to be a part of you. So, if you want them to stay around, you know, the thought of losing them a hundred percent. So, you know, you don't want that to happen. So it's constantly in your brain that, gosh, you know, I've got to keep it, the things in motion so that you never have to worry about them or not even them, the two of you breaking up and separating for good. You're spot on, but let me give some, uh, some depth to what you're, not that you weren't speaking in depth, but to just give some body to your, what you were saying there. So you're right. Like in a nutshell, the reality that my partner could leave and not just leave, but leave and be okay. That's key, right? That reality holds the relationship accountable to health. Without that reality, we get into the world of complacency and complacency is a cancer to relationships. You know, if you think your partner just would never leave, which actually is what happens in codependent relationships, why wouldn't it happen, right? I mean, we are codependency reflects being locked in. You're you're locked in. You're not going anywhere because you're dependent on me and I'm dependent on you. Without each other, we basically in a weird way, we just think we couldn't we would die. Like that's why we say things I, I could I can't live without you, you know? The reality that I want you, going back to the other quote, that I want you and not need you is really important for the health of the relationship because what that says is that I'm not willing to be unhappy to be together and be together. You know, I'm not willing to sacrifice my happiness for togetherness. What that means is that I would leave if I felt like that this was going nowhere. I don't want to do that. I would be heartbroken if I did that and I would grieve, but I'm willing to go through that because I know I'd be okay, but my happiness just isn't worth that relationship. If that's the price, it's not worth it. So those type of couples, if both people are doing that, when things, you know how we talk about relationships having hills and valleys, when you start feeling that relationship entering into a valley, I'm not going to let it go to the depths of that valley before I do anything about it. Why? Because the relationship's too important to me. You know, I, I don't want to 
break up with this person. I don't want to leave this person, but I would if it got bad enough. And I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to jump on this issue a lot sooner instead of letting it hang on by a thread or before we take care of it. For people listening that haven't gone through that, that's probably going to be a really hard concept to understand. But for people that have gone through it, they're going to be nodding their head like Audra was doing, going, exactly. Uh, It's an ingredient to the relationship that is really important. And one thing I say a lot is that in mental health and relational health, uh, or I'm sorry, mental health and relational health are found in paradoxes. And so what I just, that quote that I said, if you're not willing to lose each other, you're not ready to have each other. That's a paradox. Relationships are full of paradoxes like that. If let's say one partner sees that in the relationship, what's a good way to communicate it to the other partner that like, oh, maybe we need to work on that, I guess? That's a good question, Hadassah. And I'm not saying that there's not a way to do that or that there aren't sparing degrees of codependency because there's it probably just one thing and, and a one size fits all thing. But for the most part, what I've seen in working with these relationships is that they spend a lot of time asking the other person to or, or asking them or telling them what they need, so to speak, you know, again, don't like using that word, you know, uh, or the changes they'd like to see. But what it really boils down to is they just have to do it. They're, the best way to communicate to the other person is to let them experience the loss that comes with the changes that you make within yourself. And by the way, just to be clear on that, you're not really changing you. It's more like reclaiming, you know, it's, it's reclaiming the self and you change your dynamic when you do that. So you, you're really not changed. Like who you are is really who you are, but you're going to go claim that now, reclaim it. And then as, as a result, the dynamic changes. And when that dynamic changes, your partner will experience loss. A lot of people, like I said earlier, feel abandoned. You know, well, in my opinion, like nobody should be able to create that feeling in us when we're grown. Now, people can literally abandon us. That is possible. But the feeling of abandonment that you abandoned me, you know, kind of really reflects uh, more of a childlike uh, mentality of that. I am unsafe without you in my life. I am unsafe now. So our parents can create that feeling for sure. Uh, maybe you're, if you're a, a soldier in a war zone and your commander abandoned, I mean, if you're in a hierarchy, it can be created, but relationships aren't in a hi- aren't hierarchical. So if you're feeling abandoned, then you got to take some time to ask, where's that coming from? But usually that's kind of what wakes people up to this reality of that, oh, we're, we're, we're not in a good spot. We're in trouble, you know, because they're experiencing the loss. And it's usually because one person finally just has enough. And it's not that they had enough with this person. They just, they had enough with the codependent dynamic. Something happened in their life that it knocked them loose in that reality of it kind of opened their eyes up to that reality that, oh, uh, they had an aha moment. That, oh, this, this is a codependent relationship. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to have a life. I want to reclaim myself. I don't know who I am. They say things like that all the time. If you're really feeling like you're, you're ready to take this step, I would say go seek out a therapist. I mean, that, that person will help guide you through it and hold you accountable so that you don't feel like you're a teenager that's been you know, like a teen that's been bound at home the whole, you know, and, and never had any freedom. Then they go to college and the next thing you know, they, they, they only last a semester in college because they just spent the whole time drinking and partying because freedom feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
there's actually an author, uh, his name, he's a clinician and an author uh, named Rob Weiss, and he's written several different books on addiction and all kinds of other things. His latest book is called Pro-Dependence. He's really trying to make an effort to change that verbiage because of the negative connotation it takes. Because you really think about what we historically think thought of as codependent people. Uh, like I said, again, I have a hard time with individuals being codependent. But you might think of the, uh, the, the, the wife that's married to the alcoholic. And so what she does to help try to manage his addiction is, you know, she comes up with a plan where she buys his alcohol and has him drink at home so he won't go get behind the wheel of a car. And, and but, you know, all it does really is, you know, prolonging the inevitable. But if you really think about it, it, it takes a lot of courage to do things like that. You know, their heart is in the right place. The thing I would tell people that feel like that they've been labeled as that is that all you really need to do is start learning that it's okay to love yourself first you know, because uh, that's one of the best things you can do for people that you're in a relationship with. What I do say is that you can't help anyone else unless you can help yourself first. Well, the airlines figured that out, right? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Now that I'm a mother, like you think I'm not going to put her airbag on first before me. Uh, I'm going to do hers first because she's my daughter and whatever. Anyways, that is not why. But if you pass out, you're not going to be able to put it on her. Oh, (laughs) right. So ambidextrous together (laughs) you're good to go (laughs) so i I definitely love this conversation of codependency really in relationships did i say right josh (laughs) i don't want to say it wrong okay and i knew we were we were gonna have a lot of things to say about it so i'm glad we made time to do this i'm sure conversations like this will come up quite often um but before we let you go i want to remind our listeners to send us questions for Josh because we try to get him on whenever he can fit us in his schedule to answer our questions. So don't worry, everything will be anonymous, but um, we'll give the information where you can send that in a, in a minute. Let's just first get your information where people can find you on social media or, well, I don't know where else you would be. So yeah, social media. Uh, At Mr. Nicholsworth. That's where you can find the content that I, I try to center it mostly around the things that we're talking about, but every now and then I get a hankering to just post something. Well, will we see you on TikTok anytime soon? That's the real question. (laughs) Well, um, I think Hadassah, I think you and I are entering into a codependent relationship and I want nothing more than to please you at this point. That was awesome answer. (laughs) She did not seem amused by that, Audra. I know. I'll tell you what, I did seem amused, but I guess there was like a score in the game. Because I live right by a uh, oh. a soccer, it's, they call it football, but a soccer stadium. And there's this huge game that the whole town is at. And I guess there's been a score. I don't know which side, but um, but I am amused by that. And I want you, to, I want to remind you, Josh, that I'm supporting you on giving you confidence to be on TikTok. But I'm only here as like a guidance. Like this is this is something that you can do and could be amazing. I was t- just telling him earlier that like. You see these people blow up and get famous on, on TikTok. And, I, you know, I know Josh isn't looking for like the blow up and get famous, but like to be able to share content on the thing that he's the most passionate about. Wouldn't that be amazing? So I know it's TikTok. Like, what is TikTok? Like, ew, right? But that's where everybody is late at night. I find myself going down that. There's memes. Yeah. You go down TikTok and then four hours later, you're like, yeah. how the hell am I still on TikTok? 
I have been down that rabbit hole on TikTok recently, so I, I'm getting it. Oh, okay. I, well, appreci- I appreciate the encouragement, and I, d- I do want to do it. Uh, I will need your guidance, though. So no, we'll don't worry. I will help you. Audra will help you too. I know that you said that I was going to help you, but I like to assume that it's going to be Audra and I because she always gives me great perspective and things. So I might help you with the technical stuff. She'll give us good perception, perspective. That's why we need Audra. (laughs) She'll help with the spelling. Um, But just real quick, once more, um, you can find Josh at Mr. Nicholsworth on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, OnlyFans. (laughs) I'm just kidding. What do you say, Audrey? I said, what just happened? <laughs> Does she know what that is? I know what that is. Oh, yeah. She knows what that is. For some reason, Audrey, I, I would have you pegged as not knowing that one. But, but well, everyone who's not on TikTok is on OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to say it twice. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Josh, I do have adult-like children. I know way too much than I should know. And then I yeah. want to know in life. Um, Audra, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Oh, uh, I didn't honestly think of that. Um, oh, honestly, you're supposed to be like, no. Well, <laughs> I thought you were I was like, like, nah. This, is this where I start to be a little facetious and just be like, so everybody needs to go home and tell their partner they're going to be thinking about only themselves now and they're on their own. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of angry partners coming up our, on our email address, which by the way is a bit above pod at gmail.com. We put out episodes every Wednesday and every Friday. So be sure to look out for them and subscribe where, or I think it's like follow now, follow wherever you are listening to the podcast now. And remember to send questions for Josh at a bit above pod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at a bit above pod, or as Hadassah mentioned, you can email us at a bit above pod at gmail.com. All right. Bye, Josh. Bye. Thank you guys.